I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, May 19, 2020. We got action. We got bear action. There's obviously stuff going on. We're going to pick apart the market. It's almost too obvious what's going on. When it's too obvious, I get a little bit turned around. When it is almost too obvious, you tend to outsmart yourself thinking, hey, if it's too obvious, then what are they really going to do? Well, either way, we're going to talk about both sides. We're going to talk about what is the obvious and then what happens if the obvious is too obvious and it was an absolute rope-a-dope. We'll cover the whole ball of wax, all the charts, all the necessary markets. We're going to actually go to school on the market. Let's cut right to the chase. What jumps off the page on the daily chart? Well, first of all, why do I still have that neckline in from the head and shoulders pattern that failed yesterday? Because it's going to come in handy. We'll get to that later. There's a couple of things going on that we have to bring to the forefront. So the market came all the way back up to these highs. We'll call it 294, 295 for argument's sake. They spent some time trying to get higher. They weren't able to. So here's the interpretation of the storyline being written. The moving averages are above. These former highs, and what I'm talking about is the high from the 29th of April and the highs over here from the 11th of May, the 12th of May, which is a big breakdown candle. Those highs that the market was not able to get through before were closed above yesterday, now back down below today. How do we read that? Is that important? All this stuff is important. This all comes together to create the storyline. So here's the story. They can't get above these highs. It's too much for the market at present. Doesn't mean they can't or won't, but they need more time. What do I always say? Time is more important than price. Think of it right now as they're just not ready yet. They need more time to bake in the oven. That's if, in fact, they're going to go higher. So we have to look at both sides. Not necessarily a bull case or a bear case. It's just what's happening. What is the chart actually doing is really where we need to have the focus on right here, right now. So let's focus on this breakdown candle. The high was 294.24. They closed above it yesterday. That gets the bulls all excited. It is a tip-off. It is a positive close. Just because they're back down below doesn't mean they won't revisit these numbers and get through those moving averages. Generally speaking, the fact that they were able to get up here and close above is still a tip-off that they want to go higher. For now, we don't need to know that. All we need to know is what's right in front of us. What we need to know is what's happening here and now. What's happening tomorrow on Wednesday. And here's the simple equation. As long as they're below the breakdown candle high at 294.24, they're doing one specific thing. They're heading lower to test a couple of important areas. What's the first area of importance? You guessed it. It's the neckline from the head and shoulders pattern. It's the top end of the neckline. Why is that still important? And this is certainly debatable. And that's what makes a market. Two people look at the same thing and they have a completely different outlook, different opinion. My take is 
The market jumped above it yesterday. Therefore, it's common, it's normal garden variety market behavior to come back in and check in at or run a test of the place they just jumped over to get where they were. So that's item number one. Where exactly is that spot when you're talking about numbers? Since it's a rising trend line and tomorrow is the next day, figure it's going to come in at about 288, 289. Am I expecting the market to hit that trend line and bounce right off? Now, initially, they could, but that's not the prize. What is the prize, she may ask? Let's look at this objectively, and we're going to weave in some logic along the way. There's part art form, part science. With me, you get some art, you get some science, and you get some numbers. Now we're down to an hourly chart. Now we have a gap. 286.26. That's right below the trend line, so it makes sense that in and around that area, there would be some support. Figure they spike through the trend line, spike through those moving averages, maybe during the morning rush, for example, the morning frenzy, you know, the shakeout operation. Maybe they stop at the gap, maybe they don't. What's another spot? Think in terms of the 200 period moving average, which is the last moving average on the page. And if in fact the market is selling pretty hard, and by the way, this is an if, this is if the market's coming down. We haven't covered the other side yet. But if the market's coming hard, there's a couple of things going on. A, if it's in the vicinity, in the neighborhood, the 200 period moving average along with, and remember, this'll be a different number tomorrow, Today it's 284.5, tomorrow it'll be slightly higher because it's an uptrending 200 period moving average on this hourly chart. So just think in terms of a round number for argument's sake, think in terms of 285. It's a semi big fat round number, it's right around where the 200 period moving average would be, it's a spike through the gap, which when they spike through the gap, gets the traders that were willing to buy the gap thinking they were wrong, so they're going to pitch the position, they're going to cut and run. And then under normal garden variety market conditions, and it doesn't have to happen on the split second or to the minute, but there should be an assemblance of support in and around wherever that 200 period moving average comes in, maybe it's 284.75, maybe it's 284.50, whatever it is tomorrow, give or take something on either side, we'll call it 284.5, For argument's sake, 285, 284 and a half, 284, somewhere in that neighborhood on a hard sell. This is in the spirit of being pre-prepared for the what if. This is where the market should find an assemblance of support. Buyers should show up in and around that number. Now, let's say this happened late in the day on Wednesday versus earlier in the day. All bets are off, things change, We don't know what the market was doing during the day. That's for inside the numbers because they'll have the detailed play-by-play synopsis to know whether or not that area would still be good or not. This applies if we're on a hard sell early in the day. Why do we even bring this up? Because at the end of the day, they killed the market to close below yesterday's opening range low. That in and of itself is important. Now here comes the other side. What happens if we wake up to a gap up in the morning back inside of the range that we spent the last two days in. Then all the stuff we just discussed on the downside 
is off the table until and unless they were below yesterday's opening range low, Monday's opening range low. Everything on the south side applies as long as they're closing hourly below Monday's opening range low, period, full stop. Wake up to a gap up and we're getting above 294.24. They're trading into the moving averages and they're headed higher. And this afternoon was simply a rope-a-dope. That's the other side. The other side is opening up or closing hourly back above 294.24. So I think the schematic for all intents and purposes on both sides is rather simple. I suppose that's in the eye of the beholder. Right now, I'm the beholder. Hopefully... You see it the same way. That's the goal. The goal is for you to learn. The other goal is to make money. So let's talk about inside the numbers for a moment. The market was rather quiet for the majority of the day. However, we typically find something for everybody. Overnight, between Monday and Tuesday, we had a high to work with. It was 29.76 and a quarter. They never got there during the day today, but that was the upside objective if they stayed bullish all day or at least until they got there or beyond. They never did. But the setup before the market opens is the setup no matter what. There's that spot again. It's just north of the spot we talked about, which was yesterday's opening range low. Down here at the bottom, there's a lot of white space below 29.2350. That's the ES. So we always talk about both sides. You have to be pre-prepared for anything. What we're also pre-prepared for is the morning shakeout. So you see here in the early thoughts, we're always pre-prepared for the morning shakeout. If price drops to around 29.30, give or take, bulls need to play goal line defense to keep the band playing on. That means the buyers have to show up. Otherwise, the bears pick up the fumble and they get below yesterday's opening range low, or at least they get to it and they certainly run a test or two. Let's scroll up a little bit, see what's what. 9.37, we've got an early range developing. 29.48 on the upside, 29.30 on the south side, give or take. And here we reiterate again, buyers should show up around 29.30, give or take, if not trouble for the bulls. Then we had a little bit of a front-running situation on TMUS, which is T-Mobile, pulled up short by one penny. Plenty of traders got in on the trade, obviously. Not this one. 9.48, show time for the Bulls. Could take some time, but this is where they needed to play defense. Here's a five-minute chart of the ES futures contract. You know the routine. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. So here we go, 9.50 in the morning, 9.55 in the morning. The low is 29.31.75, pretty close to 29.30, give or take. I would say that's in the zone, in the ballpark. It's in the dugout. You can see what happened. The Bulls showed up. They played goal line defense, 29.55 by 10.15 in the morning. How you doing? Let's continue scrolling along. 9.57, and there you have it. Early shakeout, right to the support and back up. Now, the market is like a staircase. It steps up, it steps down. So we're giving resistance areas along the way. 29.40, 29.47. They didn't pay too much attention to those. However, under normal garden variety conditions, the trader that's treating this as a business takes profit along the way because you don't know exactly how high they're going to get. Nobody has that information in a crystal ball. Well, maybe somebody does. I don't have it. Let's continue scrolling along. 10.07, next spot for overhead resistance is 29.55, then 29.60. And then we start at 10.15 with the 
from this point forward, you want to know where the support areas are. You want to know where the resistance areas are. It starts to get into a chop shop formation. You can obviously start and stop the video whenever you like. The rest of the day was pretty much the chop shop until the end of the day thrashing into the close. And what's interesting about that, and you'll see it when we get there, it was quiet for most of the day, but late in the day, what we had on the docket was a market that was basically poised to trade in between, and we'll go to the SPY now. As the day goes on, the SPY becomes easier to call for me than the ES and the SPY together. Sometimes I have to use both. Other times I can focus on one. I'm not doing it to confuse everybody. I do what's necessary to get the numbers on the board. There's reasons why one comes into play versus another. If I begin to explain the reasons why, your eyes will roll in the back of your head and your mind will be mush. It's not important. You'll see as I scroll up, the numbers come into play. The 295.88 down here in the 1107 post actually worked out to be 296 was resistance, but you can see that's pretty darn close. They just decided to go to the round number. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I'm giving you the numbers that come out of the calculator and off the chart. Let's scroll along. You can start and stop the video, read the notes as you see fit. What I urge you to do is read the commentary and then go back to the market, go back to the chart and see where the post was, what the market did after the post and see for yourself whether this is something that can benefit you during the trading day. If not, if it's not your cup of tea, so be it. It's not for everybody. You can see the 296 show up. And then what happens is, and I'll show you this after we finish with the notes, there's not really much else between 295, 296, and then where they started to fail. And you can see here, 258, the reading the tape. They got to 296, and the market was rejected rather rapidly. So at 258, I'm saying right back below 295, Hashtag reading the tape indicates the first sign. They're a little bit tired up here. So that's really reading the tape. That wasn't rocket science either. They came off 296 really, really quick. That, when you're reading the short-term charts, is a rejection. So now, all of a sudden, 295 is the bogey again. They could never really get back up to 295 once they broke it on the south side. So already an hour before the day ended... Here's the chart, just to put it in perspective. So here's that 3 o'clock candle. Came down pretty good, and the writing was on the wall. They were never able to get back above what? The breakdown candle high. They made an attempt. They got pretty close, and guess what happened? Well, the result is obvious, but what did they do? They went back to test, or at least make an attempt to go back and test, or run a test of the breakdown candle high almost immediately. Here it is on a five-minute chart. So is the market really trading technically sound? Yeah, it is. If you don't know what's going on, you don't know whether it is or it isn't. But when I look at it and I see stuff like this, look at the five-minute breakdown candle. The high of this candle happens to be 295.93. Where's the high when they ran the test? 295.83. Do you think this is something or do you think this is a bunch of hocus pocus bunk? This is something. This is a sliver of what's taught in the lazy e-mini trader course. Get a plug in. Let's just go into the end of the day from inside the numbers. You can read the rest if you like. And let's not forget we have to look at stocks on the move. We must see the good, the bad, and the ugly. We had three stocks hit their price target today. Carvana, 
CVNATSIQ. We're going to take a look at the charts. Let's pick them apart. Let's see if I'm as good as my last trade. Carvana. It closed yesterday up at 98.62, getting a haircut slash buzz cut at the open, and you can see what was going on. It didn't come to the number right out of the chute in the morning, so therefore traded through it down to the second, comes up short, goes way back. So it was really somewhat of a crap sandwich, not really adhering to the numbers, and then it just went sideways all day long. So basically, what it boils down to is it traded to a destination and it hung out for a cup of coffee. Nobody got hurt. It basically, and here's the low, 88.04 against 88.03. So you can see this one was a little frustrating. You can see the numbers were pretty good, but the numbers weren't good enough. If you painted by numbers and you bought half a position at the first target and half a position at the second target, you still made money, but this isn't what we were looking for. You never know what the market's going to hand you day in and day out. Therefore, we have no choice but to take the good, the bad, and the ugly. Similar story with TS. You can see what happened. The market or TS stopped short around the first number. Not short, but it stopped at the first number. Proceeded lower, and you can see here it respected the second number, making a low of 1241 in this candle, but it never really gave us the trade. So again, if you painted by numbers, bought half at one, half at two, you made a little bit of money, you scratched out of it. Either way, it wasn't the trade we were looking for. It was a pile-on to a crap sandwich from Carvana. The third one, IQ, closed yesterday up at 1828, haircut at the open, hovering right above the opening price. When that happens, one of two things is going to happen, and you don't know which one. It is an absolute coin toss. There's no percentages. I haven't kept the percentages. You can't keep the percentages on all the stocks. It's impossible. But here's what I'm talking about. When it hovers right above the number at the open, one of two things is going to happen. Either the number is so good, it's just going to hit it and take back off to the upside. We've seen that happen time and time again. Or it's going to cut through it and go to another number. You see what happened with IQ. But here's the deal. You saw the sheet from Stocks on the Move earlier, the position or the section on the page. The stop was listed as an hourly close below 1650. So even though the stock went all the way down to what was near the stop out price, not the stop out price, near the stop out price, the low was 1656. Mind you, pay attention if you're an Inside the Numbers member. The stops are not arbitrary. They're not based on a risk-reward ratio. They're not a percentage. They're not a number of cents. They're a place on the chart that the stock should not go below. If it goes below or it closes hourly below, this trader was wrong. Coming close or running a test is not a stop out. It's just a test. So what happened? I had the destination wrong, but I had the stop right. The stock turned around, went back in the other direction, those that adhered to the stop made plenty of money. Those that panicked out of the trade took a loss and watched it go without them. Play by the rules, you get rewarded most of the time. Make up your own rules, anything goes. They're your rules. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to teach you how to make money. They're not going to hand us fantastic trades every single day on a silver platter. Sometimes you have to grind it out. All right. 
I think we're pretty good with the SPY, the S&P 500. Everybody should have a handle on the schematic either way. Do we see a different story in the IWM? Absolutely not. You can carbon copy everything we talked about for the SPY right over here to the IWM. But here's a tell. So here's something to watch. It'll be a good tell to see how strong or weak the S&P 500 is and other markets when we see how the IWM comes down or goes back up for that matter. So for example, do they lead to the downside? Do they get to their destination first? Do they get below the like destination? They're in a different position on the charts. I would say the like destination would be about 124, give or take, in the IWM, maybe 125. Net-net, it's all the same market. They're all going to come down together. They're all going to have a jam session in the northern direction together. What's going on down at the transportation department? Same routine. It's coming in along with all the rest. We can simply move it along. Before we do, just as an aside, here's a nice juicy breakup candle low where there's a gap window as well. So the low here is right around 8,000. So a trader, if they're watching the transports and the like thing is the IYT, this is the exchange traded fund that tracks the transportation average. So here you have a low of 142.33. Would you expect there to be at least, if not for anything else, then on a temporary basis for an intraday trade, would you expect if the market was down there, whether it's tomorrow or another day, would you expect there to be buyers at least showing up in and around that breakup candle low? And the simple answer is, under normal garden variety market conditions, using the 80-20 rule, the answer is, yes, you would. Could it blow through there like a hot knife through butter? Of course it can, but it generally doesn't. The market is based on probabilities, not a crystal ball and guesswork. What about the folks down in Silicon Valley? Same story. Not the same story as the other markets, same story as it was. Yeah, it was down 57 cents, one quarter of 1%. What is that? That's a rounding error. Yeah, they're inside of this breakdown candle high, and they're likely going to do the same thing the other markets are going to do, but understand where we are in the chart. This is a leading indicator. It's the tech space. All leading indicators don't have the same impact on the market. But this is high on the chart. Until and unless this gets below its 20-period moving average on a closing basis, that's on a daily chart, and really below 216, then all they're likely to do is fill the gap, work off some of the quote-unquote overbought condition that doesn't really exist because there's no measurement for it, but it does exist. The market was up a lot yesterday, and you also have to give the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew a chance to do their work. Anything different over in the XLF with the financials? No, same routine. They're going to come down and fill the gap if they're not gapping up in the morning. The more I look at these charts, the more I say it, the more it seems too obvious. But it's the duck. It is what it is. Until it's proven to be an ugly duck in disguise, we go with what it's telling us. Smash Mouth, same routine, nice little tail candle. You have a market that closed, again, inside of this breakdown candle high after trying to get above it today. There's no two ways about it. That's a negative deal going on. Likely find support in and around 134, 134 and a half, if nothing else, on a temporary basis. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. 
true and accurate information. Pretty good place to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.